To on Wednesdays we drink. Cheers, babe. Cheers, love. That's cute. A little itty bitty clean. I like that. So what are we sipping on today? Sash? Yes. So today we are drinking some tea that we let get a little bit cold because we were talking before we started recording. <laughs> My bad. Okay, it's iced tea now. Yeah, you know, lukewarm iced tea. It's great. Um, but it's from a new company actually that I'm really excited to talk about. So their company is Black and Bold. It sells both tea and coffee. And this is a black-owned brand that my sister found, so shout out to Sable for finding this for us. And we are drinking, I'm going to mispronounce this, but Darling? (laughs) We're calling it that. I would have called it Darjeeling. I don't know. D-A-R-J-E-E-L-I-N-G. Come up with your own conclusions. It's a black tea, guys. It's a black tea, yes. So, of the black tea family. It's really good. It's got a got some good, like fruity almost notes beneath it. So yeah, it's pretty mild. I wouldn't say that. You know, there's some people that don't like black tea. Yeah, because it's, it's really strong. Really bitter. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's pretty mild. And this tea that we made was steeping for a, a while. Yeah, and it's still not like overpoweringly strong or like super bitter on the tongue. So see, but I like bitter. I know you do. I like bitter tea, but I know it's you not. Do. It's not that bad. Yeah. And um, the other amazing thing about this company is 5% of their proceeds go to assist disadvantaged domestic youth with uh, defying their odds in pursuit of living their best lives, in turn creating a better future for all of us. So any purchase that you make, 5% of this will go towards um, foundations that help disadvantaged youth. So, and another amazing reason. Also, it's just bomb as hell. So enjoy. Yeah, and it's pretty Mm -hmm. eco-friendly because it's loose leaf tea. So you don't have to have the tea bags and that don't just degrade and in, in trash over time so yeah a good choice I like it good job Sable yeah so thanks it's babes. mild it's drinkable it's we'll be a little here. bit earthy a little earthy a little fruity mm-hmm. it's got a good balance to it so I'm fully in support because you know how sometimes black tea can just be really strong and it just it has like a it's, lot of acid and it's just earthy it's like just like Whoa. acid and earth and you're like this was more than I bargained for. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is a good a good cup. Yeah, I like this. So very excited about that. Um, you have any life updates you want to share with me? The world is at a standstill yet again. Well, let's be specific. The United States is at a standstill with this pandemic. The rest of the world closed yeah. and is now reopening, and now all of them are barring Americans from traveling back to any of their countries because they're like, you guys are disease ridden crazy. Trash Americans. America is the Florida of the world. That's what we are. <laughs> I hate. Oh my god, I hate you for that. (laughs) I can't take credit for that. I saw that on Instagram. Wow. But I was like, I've never read more true words, and I'm sad. So, yeah. Oh, how I long for those days of the Florida reports randomly. They're still happening, man. They're still happening. It's just us now. They're on lockdown. Collectively. And Florida's still happening. You got a microcosm it. Like, you know, in America, we are the Florida of the world. But in California, we're not Florida. Except for a couple of our counties that are acting real Florida-like. I'm looking at you, Orange County. 
What's going on in Orange County? You did okay. So look, girly, Orange County lifted their mandatory requirement for masks like a few weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Weeks ago, lifted their mandatory requirement. And they started requirement. opening up before everything else started. Opened opening. up before every other county because they're like, oh, we're not Los Angeles County. We don't have as many cases as Los Angeles County does. Open up everything like dine-in restaurant. No one's actually properly practicing their social distancing. No one's wearing a mask. All the beaches are open. Everything. Like, they got their, like, governors and mayors of the cities of, well, their mayors, I should say, sorry, of all of the cities in Orange County got in, like, a huge-ass fight with the governor because the governor wanted them to close everything down. And they're like, you can't tell us what to do. And they were like, no, we're not going to do it. Wait, wasn't that where the mayor, who was it, some official in Orange County, she she wanted to have everyone continue to wear a mask and everybody gave her so much shit, so she, like, stepped down and then the next... The next day, they opened up anything, or they opened up everything, and it was just like, And their wow. cases spiked. I was like, you forced this lady out of her position, yep. and we're basically bullying her, mm-hmm. and then your guys' little county opened up regardless within a day or a week, Yep. and yep. then it's just... And then she turned out to be right, because yeah. all the cases in Orange County are spiking, and I'm like, huh, who could have thought that would happen? Yeah, so, anyways... Just people making dumb mistakes. People but, yeah. making horrible choices right We're now. We're back to phase one now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, <sighs> I'm going to be working from home again. You had, like, a single week of freedom. Not even that. Not even I did three week. days at work. Three days. Uh, did I like going back to work? Absolutely not, because, I mean, it wasn't busy. Yeah. Everybody, I think everybody's priority is totally shifted of so course. my job is kind of not that it's obsolete but it's just your traffic has gone down yeah survivors are focusing on different things at hand right now mm-hmm. so get it but yeah my three days is over three days in the world and now you're back at home i'm sorry i'm sorry <sighs> ollie will will be very happy but yes probably mildly confused like you leave me for three days and then you're back i don't care oh it. she was thoroughly upset that's what they will keep talking about with her dog she's like as he's gonna be pissed whenever it is that i have to go back into the classroom because i've been home for so long yeah he's gonna be like, like what the hell normal. why aren't you here anymore yeah no i just gonna be at home forever now yeah i'm so sorry i really wish i could build you like a little home office so that you can like focus and like actually do shit but yeah no in my hoarding house You're, absolutely yeah not. i'm sorry girl you just and I have a zoo, so that just doesn't help anything. I have like ten dogs just trying to be in the room that I'm working at and barking at the most inopportune on my moments. Video phone calls. Mom, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your nose in here right now. Go away. I'm on an important meeting. Yeah. yeah. Good times. So your life update. Oof, my life update. Do I have a life update? Um. <laughs> did the birthday thing. Oh, yeah. We did that. That happened. It's over. Um, <laughs> which it was, was fun. It was fun. It was fine. It was what I expected it to be. Oh, dogs barking at the most inopportune moments. Look at that work from home. I spoke it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> no, the birthday was nice. It was fine. It was what I thought it was going to be, which is nice because it was just like my family and some really, really close friends. So we had a good time together. Uh got to lay out in my backyard for like the first time in a while which is nice I realized I am so pale we just fixed our jacuzzi so 
which is not completely fixed, but it's fixed enough to be in it. You don't realize how pale you've gotten until you're in water in direct sunlight. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> we look like we glow right now. This is, <laughs> this is not the look. I should have more melanin than this. Like, come on. So that's the new goal for the summer. A little bit of a tan um, in the it's backyard. It's too hot for all that. I, you know I love it. I've mind. accepted that I'm a fair-skinned Hispanic Asian woman. Yeah. So. Also, like, you just don't tan. Like, you just put yourself. I could try, but it's just, no, I get, I hate heat so much that I'm like, no, I don't want to bake out here. It's I just don't painful do for you. And then you have to be out in the sun for so long. Yeah. Just to get, like, a half a shade of a tan. So. Yeah. No. It's not worth it. It's, it's okay. too hot. This is your Fuck skin. The summer. This is your skin, and we love your skin. My skin floats back and forth between kind of pale, ushi real pale, to like, oh my gosh, she's got a tan. And it just depends on how much time <laughs> I spend outside. So this is the, the negative consequence of working in an office building all the time and going in like right when the sun comes up and leaving right around the time the sun comes down. I'm never, I never see the sun. Me and the sun, we just never oh, meet. We never meet. So I never get a chance. I'm like. It's that awkward eight to five shift where it's just like, you miss the best time of the sun where it's not beaming down yep. and cooking you. Yep. And then by the time you get home, it's like. It's a little bit chilly and the sun's only really up for like another hour. And mm-hmm. I'm like. God, by the time I get home, and it, like, changed. It's, like, blocked by houses, so you don't really get full direct sun. 15 minutes of real sunlight. I'm chasing it in my backyard. That just feels excessive. I won't. So, <laughs> we'll see how well this summer tan goes. I do still miss the beach. Desperately want to be at the beach with my toes in the sand. Whatever. I know. I want to go back to the dog beach with Ollie. We had so much fun. Yes. I miss just him so to see his little joyful little pants. His little adorable face, living his best life. Terrified by water, which yes. is kind of stupid that we take him to a beach, but it's okay. But it's okay. He has a good time. He just <laughs> also, you know, you will never lose your dog, and he will oh, never yeah. drown. Like that's he's, true. He's like, fuck that. That doesn't look safe. It's so funny because the times that we brought him. You know, he's playing, and it's usually, like, the little dogs are like, what the fuck? Who is this ginormous-ass dog? Yeah, because he's a here? miniature horse. And then all these other dogs that are relatively his size, they all start to play, and then they get, like, momentum, and then they all go into the water, and he's like, oh, God. No. Retreat! He's like, what is this shit? You guys get here on purpose? Like, you go in? Someone didn't drag you? want you? to go in? This is a bad choice, guys. I think we need to huddle up. This is not, this is not the yeah. business. And all his little friends are like, come in. The water's great. He's like, no. He's like, no, thank you. No. <laughs> Poor baby. He's so cute, though. But yeah, one day. One we day. Will, <laughs> we will. You know, 2021, I'll see you again, no. beach. See you again. Also, I am not the person who is opposed to going to the beach when it's cold. Don't give a shit. We'll do it. Yeah, I like that. Beaches open up again in November. Guess where this bitch is in November? At the beach. Oh, that'd be so nice. Foggy, overcast, coffee or some tea. hot coffee, toes in ice cold sand, but I'm doing it anyways. Got a bonfire. I can just wait. Cannot wait. <sighs> that sounds nice. In yeah. an ideal world where there's no more COVID. In an ideal world where there's no more COVID and we are in a better place as a country, as individuals, as a state. Have high hopes for you, California, but I'm holding on by a thread. <laughs> um, yeah. I saw this map that said, like, 
literally four states out of the country are properly testing for COVID. And what do you mean properly testing? Like, per capita, how many people in the state have been tested versus how many people live in the in the state. Uh-huh. There's, like, a percentage that you're supposed to be hitting to properly track spread and reduce the outbreak of it. And oh. there's, like, four states that are hitting their percentage mark. All the rest of us aren't. Wow. And it's, like, seven states that are close to target but haven't made it yet. And then everyone else is, like, far behind. You ain't doing it. It's not happening for you. California, with our millions of people, we far behind. It ain't happening. We ain't doing it. So. Mm-mm-mm. That's the world. It's my life. Yep. Nothing. No big changes. No. We're just hanging in there. I hope you guys are, too. You're hanging on by a thread. Pretty much. We're only halfway through the year. Stop. You're making me sad. I'm sorry. Side note, did you see the meme? Someone was using uh, Monique's face of, like, sheer panic while, like, clutches hand to her chin. Of, like, in the end of June, it was like, July, you better come in here like you got some sense. I saw that and I was like, y'all just fucking jinxed us. What happens at the beginning of July? Kanye announces he's running for president. I'm no. like, way to go. Way to go. Way to jinx us. You did it. You brought it in. Hate you all. I know. July was supposed to just come in politely and sit down. Nope. It just hasn't. She did not. She has not. She hasn't been terrible? No. We got a whole new spike of new cases. Kanye announces his run for presidency. Yeah, she came in just like the rest of the month in 2020. Here to fuck shit up. (laughs) My hopes are low. Anyway. I think that's all we got for our lives right now. Alrighty. So, we're going to go to our new segment. Mm -hmm. Making Fetch Happen. Yes, yes. So how we define fetch is by identifying our areas for growth and working on them. Excellent. So what have you done to make fetch happen? Now I'm going first? Yes. Uh, okay. Um, what have I done to make fetch happen? Well, the small things that I've done to make fetch happen. This is an area I identified um, like a month or so ago that I'm just still continuing to take steps to work towards. And that is switching my purchasing power to both small businesses, most notably black owned businesses, as well as trying to make more sustainable and more conscious decisions. Because I'm like, if I'm if I'm going to jump and make better choices with all my purchases, then I should just make better choices all the way around and support, you know, women owned businesses, black owned businesses, minority owned small businesses, businesses that are eco friendly and sustainable and conscious about what we're doing to the environment, because all of that is very important to me. So um, I bought I finally bought the uh this coffee that I was talking to you about from that brand that's called Pugs Coffee. Yes, like the dog <laughs> Pugs. It's the cutest name in the entire world. They are black owned. I think they might even have a female CEO. I don't remember. But amazing company. Their Instagram is super cute and they have like a wide variety of options. I was on their website and I was like, "My god, how many blends of beans do you guys have?" Blends like blends of beans. This is so wool okay, case. So let me break it down for the non-coffeeaholics in the room, aka Nalani. So, you can get different origins from different regions, different kinds of blends. So, I ended up getting a Latin American blend, which is blends of beans grown in different areas in Latin America. Yeah. I also bought a uh, French blend, which will be beans grown only in France. Uh, there was like an Italian blend. There was a, um, what did they call it? 
single origin like Nicaragua, uh, Honduras, and single origin means it only comes from one country. Blends would mean that it comes from either multiple regions within mm-hmm. one country like France and Italy or multiple areas like the Latin American mix that I got. And they have like flavors. They had like a hazelnut one. They had a cinnamon one. I was like, oh, y'all go all out on this website. They got merch. Like they've got a cup, like a little pug bug. I was like, this is so <laughs> cute. <laughs> Gotta love pugs. Gotta love pugs. So I ordered two different kinds. Um, I did not check my email for confirmation for shipping because I'm trash. So we'll find out. It'll be a great surprise. How do you live your life? You just go on day by day. I just like... Not caring. Eyes cast down, hoping that I don't die. That's pretty much how I live my life. Like, if I make it... I know that, but like... That's what I do with literally everything. (laughs) If I make it to the end of the day, I'm like, whoa, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to track packages. That's anxiety. What if I don't make it? I don't know. I want to know. It's okay. I would love the happy surprise of like, hey, Sasha, you got a package. Yes. It's here. I made it. You made it. We in it together. We good. I don't need the anxiety. No, thank you. Wow. Yes. So that's my small thing of continuing to to shop that way. My big thing has actually been like a stressor I will say over these last couple of weeks because it's it's a an area that I know is very important and something that I think I need to learn and grow in something that I think my organization needs to learn and grow in but it's an uncomfortable area to be in especially just like uncomfortable is not knowing what you're going to do not knowing how you're going to say how you're going to respond to shit all of that jazz so um my organization is starting to have conversations about Black Lives Matter movement about properly supporting black and brown staff members, being a beacon in our community for all members of our community, not just members of one demographic in our community. And as much as I am very glad that we are having these conversations, I am definitely very um, cautious, I will say, in the conversations that I'm having. And it's making me the overthinker that I am, sit on my hands and overthink about what it is that I'm going to say to people because I don't want things to be taken the wrong way. I also don't want to come off ignorant on issues that are very important to me and something that I hope actually moves the needle forward, even if it's only slightly in my organization. And what I've learned about myself throughout this entire process, a sad realization that I've had, but I probably should have had it years ago, is that in in difficult situations, or I won't even say in difficult situations, in, in situations where I'm unsure of what to do, I am queen of... I'll just work harder and just not talk about it and not push buttons. I am a quiet person by nature, which is probably surprising seeing how I'm on a podcast where I talk for an hour straight. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's why I can talk for an hour straight because I'm usually quiet. But that is always my MO. If I'm in a space where I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm doing or I'm not sure how people are going to respond to me. I'm like, I'm just going to sit back and just watch what people do. Like being quiet is my number one reflexive response to a situation. I just stay quiet and I watch what other people say because I like to listen and I like to learn about what's going on around me before I open my mouth and say something. But I'm realizing in this situation that by sitting back and not saying things that allows people to project their ideas upon me and their concepts of how I feel about a situation because I'm not speaking up for how I feel about a situation. So that is my current fetch project that I am working on is not only finding the voice that I have in this space, but figuring out exactly what I want to say in this space, because I know it's important. And I know, unfortunately, my go to method of let's just be quiet and let other people talk around me while I judge them silently doesn't actually change anything. It doesn't actually make anything better. So 
That's where I'm at. Those are good. Thank you. How are you making fetch happen? What are you up to? Okay. So, I know I told you personally, but I don't think I spoke on it last podcast. I don't think so. Maybe not. Um, I actually decided to try a shampoo bar yeah. and conditioner bars mm-hmm. from Eco Roots. So, it's this cute little eco-friendly company. They have, like, naked shampoos. Um, the way that they deliver all your products, it's in, like, a biodegradable box. Um, the shreddings in there are also biodegradable, so it's, there's, like, absolutely no plastic. That's amazing. Even the, like, I bought a blush stick, too. Mm -hmm. It's completely plastic-free. Okay. And everything is just 100% natural. So, I have always been leery about trying a shampoo bar. Right. Just because I've heard so many reviews, oh, I can't get it to lather. Mm -hmm. I have long hair. I don't have thick hair, but I have long hair. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, also the fear of it being waxy as well. Right. And I'm like, okay, but I know that I can easily buy this big jumbo shampoo and conditioner set, and I will be set for a few months. Mm -hmm. But it's just, no, I want to take that leap and push myself out of that comfort zone Mm -hmm. and kind of try something that I've never tried. So I love these freaking bars. Nice. It lathers up so amazing. Okay. Um, it's like a Moroccan oil blend. So my hair is like shiny and no waxy feeling. No, not, no, actually no. The conditioner is a little bit difficult to work with because you know, conditioner doesn't lather. So I don't mm-hmm. know, like, am I wasting the product? Do am I have I... enough? Yeah. So that's something that I definitely tried and I loved. Um, let's see. I've been also being conscious of the fact that I buy a lot from Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to contribute to Amazon even more. Mm-hmm. Be- even though I... You know, I freaking love my Amazon Prime. I know, I know. It's just, you know, Amazon is problematic. doesn't really help our communities. It's just a power-hungry corporation. Right. So I did a lot of research, and basically what I found is that, you know, there's other, obviously I knew, but right. there's other shops that you can support that are kind of like Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Etsy. You know, mm-hmm. I've just... Artisan, independent. Mm-hmm. You're supporting um, just small business owners. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things that I've been buying has been off of Etsy. And, you know, I definitely like when I get my packages because I feel that, you know, I'm supporting the small business. Right. They're taking 100% care and thought. And it's a little bit more intimate when they're when they're preparing your product and all that. So that's definitely... Something I've been doing. Good. Um, good. And a big one that I don't think I told you. Ooh, I got nervous. seizure first aid certified. <gasps> That's dope. You told me you were taking classes. I didn't know you had finished and you're yep, certified now. I finished it. Um, I was supposed to get about 80% in order to get my certificate. Mm-hmm. I scored 100% on the test. Of got course you right. did. I love so, yeah, it. I am certified for... Two years. Nice. Okay. So it's kind of similar to like a CPR certification, correct? Yes. Okay. So it's just like knowing the different signs of of a seizure, um, gauging whether it's a medical emergency Mm -hmm. because 
you know, with Matt, I've only seen his tonic-clonic seizures just that one time. Right. But it's like, I didn't realize that if he were to have another tonic-clonic, it's not a medical emergency. Interesting. It is. Yeah. And I was like, well, what is the reason? They're like, well, is this something that happens? Is it... You know, obviously, if it's somebody's first time having a seizure, you have to go to the hospital right. immediately. Right. Um, but there's just, yeah, if it exceeds a certain amount of time, that's when it becomes an emergency and all that. So, Interesting. I definitely learned a lot. Okay. Some of it, I was like, well, yeah, it's it's something that I've already done and discussed with Matt. Right. So, it helped me a lot. But there's, you know, some things that I was just like, oh, I wasn't. I wasn't sure about this. So. Right, yeah. Now I feel completely confident and prepared and ready for, I mean, God forbid, the day that Matt has another one. Right. Or if I see somebody in passing, right. I, can, I can help them. So. Yeah, but it's always better to be prepared. So I'm glad that you did that. That's awesome. Yeah. And congratulations, 100% overachiever. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I got that shit done. Love, love it. Okay, so... We're making that fetch happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep going. We encourage you. Slowly but sure, surely, we are making fetch happen. Yeah. We encourage you to look at whatever moments in your life that you think you can identify as areas of growth and make those changes. It might feel really small in the moment, but even something as simple as like choosing one plastic-free company for something or mm-hmm. choosing to support one small business, one black-owned business, it'll make an impact not only to you, but to that person as well. So do what you can in those spaces. Okay, next up, we've got our sipping on story time. Yep, yep, yep. And in this segment, we're going to revisit some memorable moments and share and dissect with each other. And for this sipping on story time, we're going to go a little bit different than what we normally do. Rather than sharing personal stories for this story time, we are going to talk about a uh, pretty major topic in culture and society right now, and that is cancel culture. So if you don't know what cancel culture is, basically that means when someone says or does something that is really um, inappropriate, insensitive, offensive. offensive, we as a society collectively decide to quote unquote cancel them, which means you no longer support them, you're no longer buying any of their stuff, listening to any of their stuff, um, engaging with them in any kind of way because we as a society have decided that they are no longer worthy of whatever position it is that they held, however high or mediocre that position may be, that would be cancel culture. So... We've got thoughts. We've got feelings about cancel culture. How about you tell me how you feel about cancel culture? I am in between. Okay. Like, I can... I don't want to just automatically cancel something just Mm -hmm. because some people get really upset, but at the same time, I I can understand why things need to get canceled. Right, right. So, I don't know. I'm just... You're like case by case situation. Yeah, I have to. I have to really do my research and be responsible and educate myself before mm-hmm. I make that decision. I'm not gonna let other people's opinions and feelings affect the way that I make my choices. So. Right, right. I get that. What about you? I think we're we're pretty much on the exact same space. Where I I completely agree with your statement that you need to do the research for yourself and figure out how you feel about something and not even just necessarily how you feel about something, especially, and I say that because there are situations that happen where the insensitive comment that is made is towards a uh, group or 
people in, in society that I don't represent and who I'm not a part of. And in that space, I think taking people in that group's opinion and perspective on it as what they feel and as a, as a real thing is really important because just because I'm not a part of the group and I'm like, oh, well, I don't see how that would be offensive. That's wrong of me to say, I don't see how that would be offensive. I'm not in that group. So mm-hmm. I don't get the, I don't get the space to say this is not offensive if it's not something that I represent. But I do think that being quick to cancel someone can also be in and of itself problematic. And I think the the issue that we run into is we're all trying to be better. I wouldn't, shouldn't say we all. There is a large percentage of our society that is trying to be better humans and be more mindful of other people and spaces that we might not occupy and we might not intuitively understand. And in that space, it's like almost mob mentality to just 100% go against something immediately and I feel like there are moments where we should probably take a step back and check ourselves and be like, yeah, was this the appropriate response? Was this an important response to have in this moment? Or are we having uh, an, a reaction that doesn't fit the action to it? So I think I agree with you in that space where I kind of just take it case by case. And if it's something that directly affects me, then I take my emotions into consideration. If it's something that does not directly affect me or um, a space that I represent, a space that I occupy, then I take the emotions of the people who occupy that space as an important part of my analysis. Because if it's insensitive to them and not insensitive to me, then I need to understand and I need to listen to why they feel it's insensitive to them. So that's where I stand on cancel culture. Got it. So what's your example we'll go with or your story? I'm so nervous. I don't know why. Speak how you feel. We were talking about how we okay. feel. So when everything was gaining momentum with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I don't know. There's things that I've read where it's just like, okay, it's great that you're canceling past race- racist episodes of TV shows and, mm-hmm. and movies and this and that. It's just like, but you're still not taking actions against like for example Brianna Taylor's murderers murder mm-hmm. murderers so it's just like okay like I get yeah. where you're coming from it's like you're trying to to make change right but, but you're still dancing around an issue yeah we made like a very specific claim and had a very specific problem and you're like oh look we're not going to show this episode of this tv show anymore like Okay. It's like, it's not a pe- it's like, are you trying to appease everybody to just exactly. like and dwindle what, the fire? Right. And it's just like, that's where I don't agree with cancel culture because it's just, okay, but this is a, a make-believe show. This is a, someone else's little fantasy, reality, whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just something happened in real life that needs to have attention mm-hmm. and you're... And you're not even acknowledging it. Acknowledging it. And right. it's just like, you have this power to take these episodes down but why aren't you advocating and putting or out just resources acknowledging or... the real problem like I get you and I think you make a really good point about stuff like that being used as like an appeasement tactic of like oh look you guys made a big clamor about not being equal. like we hear you but we only hear what we want to hear so yeah. it's like oh and we're I only gonna do, do what we feel comfortable doing like I'm not gonna actually make the changes that you want made I'm gonna do what I feel comfortable doing for you and, and that's still a part of the problem. That still upholds the, the power dynamic that Black Lives Matter is trying to dismantle. So yeah. I, I, I get your point. I agree with your point. And okay. Yes, I agree. 
with some things to be canceled. But, it, okay, I will say, I will acknowledge the fact that this one, I was just like, well, I, I personally like this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, not, attacked is not the, the right word. It's just like, I was kind of disappointed that this- people were trying to cancel this this movie mm-hmm. and it's gone with the wind mm-hmm. and yes before I say anything else I understand that this is a problematic film mm-hmm. um it is racist mm-hmm. because they it portrays slavery as this rosy time where you know slave owners had this great wonderful relationship with their slaves and the slaves were so happy to be on the plantation working for them because they were one big family that's the Mammy character. Yes. And I understand that's very prob- problematic. But in a sense, that was in the past. It was during a very difficult time in Hollywood. And just the time period was not that it was okay. It's just that's what it was. Time period was racist. Yeah. You don't put black people on film unless they're slaves. It was racist. Yeah, and so it's just, I understand that part. But the thing is that, I don't know, I can't remember some of the comments, but I just kept thinking, like, you know, this is a form of art, but if you cannot, or if you're watching this movie to educate yourself about slavery, that is where it's a little bit problematic, because it's just, you should take the time to educate yourself and know that that was not the case. Mm -hmm. That those relations between a slave owner and slave that was not accurate, mm-hmm. that was not realistic, and it was incredibly racist to portray Mammy as this character that was just like this motherly figure to Scarlett O'Hara. See, and it's just like, when I watch Gone with the Wind, I love the love story of Scarlett and and the, the lead character. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, I know that it's problematic, but... <laughs> I love the concern on your face right now. It's just, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to feel about it because I'm so torn. Because I get you. It's like, it is problematic, but at the same time, again, you should do, you should, people should be responsible for educating themselves about a heavy topic like that. Right. You shouldn't leave it up to one movie that you watched and be like, no. What everything was great. About? Everybody was fine and, and everything was fine and dandy. Seems like a great time in our history. Like, yeah, no, don't, please don't do that. Yeah, so, I don't know. How do you feel? I mean, we have a different opinion yeah. on this particular film. And, which I think is why I appreciate the fact that you brought up your opinion on this film. Because I think, I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you. Where they're like, but it's a classic and I love this movie and, like, I know now, like, me watching this as a person in the 21st century that that is an inaccurate representation, but I do still love the film. Now, mind you, I come from a different space on this movie. Mm-hmm. I refuse to watch Gone with the Wind because I know who the Mammy character is. I know she's a character trope. I know that it was used, her character type was used a lot in Hollywood, especially mm-hmm. around that time period of, like, this, like you said, mothering figure, like, this Black, docile docile black woman who is like almost in complete reverence of the white people who she works for and yeah like they were her saviors yeah oh they're they're not bad slave owners right all of that all of that so i refuse to watch the movie i've never watched gone with the wind i never will watch gone with the wind but i can understand 
this is where I'm at with Gone with the Wind. I'm like 80% cancel, 20% whatever. Um, and I feel like the 80% cancel in me is like, yes, this is problematic. Yes, this uses a, a character trope, just like the, you know, use of black minstrels was a character trope done a little bit before Gone with the Wind's time. And it was extremely damaging to like, you know, black representation where you can only be this caricature version of yourself you don't have true representation in this space mm -hmm. and I think my problem with it and the 80% council that I'm on is the fact that this movie is still heralded as an like epic beautiful classic film where it's widely respected in in critical acclaim widely respected in the arts area and I can respect the artistry of the film I can respect the artistry of the writing like this is a novel that was turned into mm -hmm. a movie it was, you know, something that was iconic for its time being done. And I can respect all of that. But my problem with it is that it is still held in such high regard without the commentary coming with it. I feel like if those two went hand in hand, where it's like, at the time, this was a critically acclaimed, outstanding film, this film portrays inappropriate problematic representations of these kinds of relationships of this kind of character mm -hmm. this is not an accurate representation of history this is a bastardized version of what it meant to be black during that time what it means to be black now and I feel like because that doesn't happen there are plenty of people who watch that film and either a don't recognize what's going on in the relationship dynamics between Scarlett O'Hara and Mammy or any of the rest of the white cast and the black members that are on mm -hmm. that film they just don't see it. And that space that we offer people to stay in ignorance in, in such realms is the space that I would like to be removed. So I'm not, the 20% not cancel is we don't have to get rid of history. I'm not a fan of getting rid of history. I'm a fan of critical commentary on history. This happened. This was the way black people were portrayed in film during this time mm -hmm. period. This mm -hmm. was the only space you had to be black in entertainment was to be portrayed as a slave portrayed as a slave and pretty much degraded into a space you're not the lead you don't get important lines you are here to serve white people in film and that's all that you are here to do and I feel like preserving that history is important to show where we were what we used to do how we used to behave and why that is a problem and why we should move forward from it but I think the lack of commentary around that movie is my issue with it. So we yeah. don't necessarily have to cancel it. But I have an issue with the fact that so many things of our past that showcase like poor representation or negative stereotyping or, or reinforce like negative narratives about particular marginalized groups, whether it's black people, gay people, Hispanics, whatever, Asians. I feel like when we continue to consume them without a constructive narrative around them, we leave the space for people who would prefer to be ignorant to stay ignorant. Yeah. So I'm like, if if Gone with the Wind was always played with like a 10 minute preface about history and why this is fucking problematic, play the movie. Like, but if we don't actually force people to be uncomfortable with this version of representation, then I got a problem yeah, with it. Yeah, and that's, that's perfect. I mean, it's true. It's like, we need to grow as we move forward. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, with cancer culture, especially for something that um, is, like, oh, I will speak solely for art. Yeah. If you're canceling art, it's just that was in a certain time period where it was acceptable at the time. Mm -hmm. But now here we are in 2020. 
And I think if you haven't grown from that space, then you need to reevaluate, reevaluate yourself. Right. And we need to have these conversations about right. it and be like, no, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Here we are going forward. Mm-hmm. Just like The Help. Yeah. That's another movie that's problematic. I really do like the movie. I love The Help. But it's just, it's that same narrative mm-hmm. of, well, it's a white savior. Mm-hmm. And she's going to help this black community and give, she's going to be the voice of them. Right. And she's the main character. Even though, like, the other women in the movie are incredibly vital and definitely have, like, large roles in the film, the white savior is the main character of that movie. Mm-hmm. And it just continues the the white savior narrative that is, in and of itself, incredibly it's problematic. Like, oh, look, it wasn't that bad um, because, look... Emma Emma Stone helped them, right. and now they get or money. Or not even not and... even that it's not that bad that you need a white savior to come mm-hmm. in. That like this is how progress is made is when white people make good choices and change history because black people don't change history. It's only yeah. a white person thing. So, and that's where it's just it's uh it's so I'm so confused yeah. on what I want with with cancel culture, right? Because like we had a conversation earlier before this. You know, when my mom and my sister went to celebrate Nisei Week in Mm -hmm. L.A. and we went to the Japanese um, History Museum, you know, we saw a lot of stuff that was just like, wow, like, this is very racist and I can't believe that this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, Dr. Seuss, I have, I still have little books of Dr. Seuss in a box somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but... (laughs) I used to, my, my dad used to read that to me, you know. As a little kid. As a little kid yeah. whenever he was home. Mm-hmm. And it's just, at that museum, he made propaganda against Japanese people. And mm-hmm. it was, like, super duper racist. And mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, okay. So you made all these wonderful children's books that made it seem like oh it's all inclusive and right. everybody comes in different shapes and sizes and colors and all this and should welcome everyone mm-hmm. and then you have this other narrative and it's just like wow cancel dr seuss goodbye but then also it's just like well he's art as well mm-hmm. and it's just i'm confused i think walking into a space of art is always an interesting space to be in mm-hmm. art is meant to be reflexive of culture and of your society and, and during the time, too. And I feel like it is. Like, he was a white male in a certain time period. His art reflected his perspective of life very clearly. And I, I get your point of saying, like, oh, we should never engage with this. We might be missing part of a story where yeah, this is what they believed their world looked like. And this is why they produced the kind of artwork that they produced. Because this is what they either believed or what they wanted their world to look like. And it is important to talk about. It's not something that we should just be like, oh, no, 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 we're never talking about this person again. We're never yeah, doing this again. and that's something that's just like, yeah, at the time I would be like, oh, cancel freaking Dr. Seuss. He was racist and all that. But it, if we take away those art pieces of his propaganda work against Asian people, then we erase that whole time. And right. then it's just we're, we're never going to learn in the future, how right. to deal with something like this right. and grow from it. And I feel like for me personally, when I encounter either artwork or an artist that is exploiting any particular marginalized group or society, it's not that I'm never going to engage with that, but it's that I'm not going to value other things that they've done over this thing that they've done. Like 
Dr. Seuss has written some amazing children's literature. He has mm-hmm. indeed. He's influenced an entire generation. Multiple generations have mm-hmm. read Dr. Seuss. But he was a problematic racist. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to push the narrative of him being a great author over him being a problematic racist. So... Because it is, it's the truth, and I'm not going to say, like, oh, just because you're good at something, I'm going to... That erases your problematic past. Right, exactly. Or so your horrific ideals and views. Right. Yeah. That's the way that I pretty much engage with most art. Once I, I get to a space where I can see that this person is problematic or that whatever production they made was problematic, I can... I, I have to look at it in both spheres because I feel... If I look at it in a sphere of like, oh, but they're really good, then I'm denying the the full truth and the, the full history. The pain that they've caused, yeah. Right. And if I look at it only as like, this is a terrible human being, I deny the impact that they had on mm-hmm. culture at the time, which I think is also important to say that they could be this terrible during this time period and still have this strong of an impact. Yeah. And just like with Gone with the Wind, it's just like, it was problematic. And if we were to condemn it, but it's... But then the outcome of it is that the actress that played Mammy was the first black woman to get an Oscar, which is just like, ugh. I'm like, you have to to tell the full story. It's a problematic role. It was a problematic portrayal. It actually continues in black narrative about winning Oscars where most black people only win Oscars when they're in subservient roles or roles Mm -hmm. that portray black people in a negative light. But erasing Gone with the Wind completely erases our first step in that story Mm -hmm. of... Yeah, she won an Oscar for being a slave. And you get, you know, Taraji P. Henson, when she won her Oscar, she made a joke that was not a joke, but made it in a joking tone on purpose, that the only time she gets... Or no, I think it was an, not an Oscar, it might have been an Emmy, because it was for the, the TV show Empire. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, the only time I get um, accolades and praise from Hollywood is when I play a, a drugged out uh, hooker, or something to that effect, oh, wow. where... Yeah, and she said it, quote-unquote, as a joke, but, like, everyone knew in that room it was not a joke, that she was making a very clear point that, yeah, you don't you don't really get raised in Hollywood for roles when you are a part of a marginalized community unless mm-hmm. you are playing into a stereotype that makes them comfortable. And I think you make a good point. Completely erasing Gone with the Wind from history erases that point, too. Yeah. So, again, doesn't help us, but I'm still, like, mm, for it, not for it. Yeah. Because it's just, we we do need to learn from our mistakes. And that's just ultimately going to make us better people. Yeah. Rather than trying to Hopefully. bury a mistake. Yeah, you can't, like, I don't know. My dad loves this quote. It's like, if you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. We can't really cancel stuff because we need to learn from our mistakes. We do need to learn from our mistakes. So what about... Your Onto something I am 100% behind canceling. No 80-20 splint over here. <laughs> um, and I'm going to use a specific example, but this goes for an overarching theme of people doing something insensitive or... I'll just go with insensitive. People doing something insensitive or something that they know is like completely problematic and not a good thing to do. And then coming out with a quote-unquote apology afterwards saying that they didn't realize what they were doing was bad. Mm-hmm. And I will give you my example as to why I'm like, "Mm, nah, still don't care about you. Still not sad that you had consequences to the shit that you did. So my example is going to be Amy Cooper, which for anyone who does not know who that person is immediately off of her name, 
She is the white lady who called the cops on the black guy for bird watching in mm-hmm. Central Park after this black guy told her to put her dog on a leash, even though there was signs everywhere posted saying that all of your dogs need to be on the leash. I won't rehash the whole story, but basically what happens is she calls the cops, puts on a grand performance while on the phone with the police saying that she is fearful of her life, that there's this big angry black man in the park yelling at her, just going on a tangent. And she screams even though he's like like several feet away. Several feet away. He is recording all of he's this calm. on his phone. He's Yeah, he his tone was completely calm when he was actually talking to her. She I don't walks, think he cussed at her at all. He didn't like, even raise his voice. He just was, he was very like, mellow. Yo, I, I kind of just, I'm just. Because I think it was the area that she was at, um, there was like some sort of special like plants or. Something. Some, some ecological Whatever it was. Area. There was signs posted. He had a yeah. sign. He saw the sign. and was like, lady, the sign says put your dog on a fucking leash. So put your dog on a leash. Listen to the mm-hmm. sign. She got pissed that he was pointing out signs to her and puts on a whole performance for the cops while he's recording her. And she's like, he's recording me. I'm scared. Just going in, creating this entire viewpoint of him as this aggressive, aggressive monster, this villain who she's afraid of and thankful for him. It didn't end with him being murdered by the cops that he had the video recording. Nothing bad happened to him because of it. But of course the video gets out. Um, people in the verse of the social medias and the internet land, and I love all of us collectively, tagged her job in this video and were like, yo, these are the people you employ. Are you sure this is a good decision? Like, you need to look at what your employee is doing. They found out, like, her job title and they were blasting it. Like, Twitter went in. So, of course, she gets fired. Her job was like, no, no, no. We will not associate with this particular person. (laughs) So after she loses her job because of this, she comes out with a public apology saying how she's not a racist and what she said was not racially motivated and she wasn't trying to do anything negative towards this person, blah, 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 blah. Now, mind you, here's the reason why I know her lie is bullshit and why all of us know her lie is bullshit is because one, it didn't happen until after she faced a consequence that she did not foresee coming. She lost her job because of what she did and because... Twitter blew up and was like, yo, somebody needs to hold her responsible for this. She lost her job because of it. So she doesn't apologize until she gets a consequence, which is losing her job. And then on top of that, it's not, I realized that what I did was wrong or I overreacted, anything in that realm of a kind of apology. It was, I'm not a racist. This wasn't racially motivated. People are making my life a living hell. Mm -hmm. And The part of that that bothers me, two parts that bother me. One is the lack of responsibility there, where you just come out on a defense and be like, I'm not a racist. You guys are misinterpreting what's going on and the world is against me. Uh, But it's like, she knew what she was doing. That's my problem number two with it, is you knew what you were doing. You knew. you screaming and saying a black man is here and he's yelling at me and all creating and I'm this afraid for my aggressive life. narrative. You knew what you were doing. And I think the fact that it was so performative is what helps to show that she knew what she was doing. He was far away from her. He hadn't raised his voice at her. He had done zero things to this woman and she's screaming, ready to do a full hysteric fake choking cry. her dog. The one that she needed to freaking walk. Off leash without listening to the science. Yeah, so the fact that, and I feel like that's what really drove the point home, was, like, we witnessed her do a 
full performance on the phone for these police officers. And you can't say to me, I'm going to put on a full performance and not say, I know why I did that. You didn't call the cops and be like, yo, this dude is pissing me off, telling me I need to put my dog on a leash. He needs to mind his own business. He's too close to me. No, that's not what you called the cops for. If that's what you would have said to the cops, I could have believed that. I could have been like, okay. He would have clicked on you so fast. Like, ma'am, you are occupying an emergency line. This, Get the fuck off our line. This is a non-emergency. I'm going to transfer you to the non-emergency line. No, no, no. Like, goodbye. Click. Yeah. But that's not what happened. That's not what she did on the phone. And I feel like the clear awareness of knowing that as a white female, she gets to villainize a black male and call the cops on him and have the cops come out and know that she's quote unquote right for what it is that she said was the problem and the reason why her apology was bullshit because she had no awareness in her apology that and no accountability and no accountability it's just I'm not a racist this was not race motivated yeah it was you can say to yourself over and over again that you're not a racist whatever helps you sleep at night but this was race motivated and you know it and I bring up that example to say, as, as just a very clear example of something that's been happening a lot, especially because of social media, where white people will go on a rant and someone will record it and it will be a racist rant about something or they'll post something on their personal Facebooks or Instagrams or Snapchats about something just super racist and inappropriate. It will get screenshot, it will get recorded, it will get shared. People will start tagging the companies that they work for. I saw one where this girl made a racist comment and she had a full scholarship to a university. Oh, yeah. For some athletic scholarship. And it took everything. It blew them. up. Like, everyone was tweeting at this university. Like, this is the person you're going to give money to. Like, this is the kind of people you stand behind. And she lost her scholarship behind it. Is and that the one where she's after all, everything was taken away, she was like, I said what I said. Like, mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are the people I am 100% behind canceling. Because yeah. you know what you did. You know why you said what you said. You know why you acted the way that you acted. So regardless of if you come out and be like, I didn't mean it that way. Or I'm so sorry. Or what have you. Or if you come out and be like, I said what I said. Either way, I'm canceling you. Because... You knew what you were doing. You might not like the term racist. You might not be comfortable with being called a racist, but you, you are. And you did a racist act on purpose to a person of a minority group in order to do some sort of harm to that group or in order to otherify that group or, or take away the legitimacy of their particular struggle, whatever it is that you are doing or saying. So you lose your job and you're pissed off and you're sad and you're like, this is not my fault. I'm not a racist. Uh, no, I don't care. I'm not sorry for you for losing your job. You said something insensitive and inappropriate, and there are consequences to saying shit like that. Welcome to the real world where the rest of us live, where we have consequences for the shit that we say and the shit that we do. Mm-hmm. So, canceled. No apology, no sympathy, don't care. You canceled. And those are the moments where I agree with cancel culture, where I'm saying, like, you're in a space of this person just doesn't care anymore. There is just no concern in this person at all. So, sure, I'm down with canceling them. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, a lot of people, I think what we're facing right now is just a lot of people don't want to be held accountable for their actions. Oh, completely. Completely. And the, the fact is that they have this narrative of being racist or racism is, you know, aggressive acts of violence yeah. against... um. A different community different community different race mm -hmm. and it's just 
they're thinking like lynch mobs and right. and I saying didn't the n word or uh, any other derogatory names to somebody. No, it is. It's more encompassing than that, <laughs> and I would agree with you. I feel like and it's and it's, it's evolving. Yeah, and I feel like the the hard space that we're in right now with our current society is we have so many people who were raised on the civil rights movement and, you know, people saying we shouldn't be integrated and like throwing stones at black people and not wanting to be in the same restaurants with them, not wanting to ride buses with them. So the people now who are like, no, but I have black people in my school or at my job. I let them eat with me or I can walk next to them on the street. I don't clutch my purse. Like I see a gay couple walking down the street and I don't sneer at them or call the cops on them. See, I'm, I'm not problematic. I have no of the, none of these phobias. I don't have any of these problems. And it's like, okay, no, you're not looking at the full encompassing term. Like, like you said, racism is not just the violent acts. Racism is all of the it's acts. It's microaggressions. It's all of the acts. It's... All of the beliefs that this particular group is other or bad or subservient or incapable or any of the other negative narratives that we have towards a particular group or just unwelcome. Those are all of the narratives that we keep towards an, a, a different group of people that are negative and are damaging. And it's not just... Like you said, I didn't say the N-word to someone. Yeah. But you didn't put on a whole performance to call the cops because someone told you to put your dog on a leash. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you checked that box. I'm sorry. That was a racist moment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like the thing I was talking to one of my coworkers about, I was like, I think the, the first step in understanding when you are not a person of color in these spaces is uncoupling the idea of being a good person away from being anti-racist. Because you can be a good person. You can have friends of different ethnicities and different heritage backgrounds, different sexuality backgrounds. You can be in spaces with those people and fully believe that you are a good person. And I'm not saying that you have no soul and are the spawn of a devil. No, but you can still be that person and not be anti-racist. You can still have racist tendencies. You can still make racist remarks. You can still be insensitive. You can still make those mistakes and I think in those moments in those spaces where people can't uncouple the two is the reason why we get this like extreme backlash from people when you're like yo that was racist and like I'm not a racist I would never say yeah. something racist and I'm like can you calm the fuck down and listen to the person from the demographic that you just Insulted. said something racist about <laughs> like no okay and another thing of that I stand for canceling is that people that say hurtful things, racist things, um, any type of phobic things mm-hmm. towards anybody. Any of them. But still enjoy the culture. Ooh, yes. Say that again. Say that again. Repeat or, that. Or, okay. Uh, I have to say this because it's been eating away for me, at me for a while, but there was a, I'm not going to name the person, but we were talking, I got on the topic of about, transgendered people okay and bathrooms okay and the person was just like well i would not feel comfortable if a transgendered person went into the bathroom with me why right they're like because it's just i don't know because like the instance was or the example if the asmr went through i don't know (laughs) but continue but the whole thing the situation that they were trying to describe was like okay well Say it's a transgendered woman, so a 
a man that trans transitioned to a woman. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, things happen in the bathroom, and they could rape somebody in the bathroom, in the women's bathroom, and, you know, they're bigger than us, and so, yeah, it just, it would just be a scary situation. I wouldn't feel comfortable. But yet you watch Queer Eye. Right. I don't fucking understand that, and it pisses me off, and it's just like, you cannot, like, that is so transphobic. Mm -hmm. You cannot say that shit. And benefit and from enjoying, oh, I love the Queer Eye episodes, and I love Karama, and I love Tan Friends, and I love Anthony, and da, 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 all this stuff, and oh, I love watching Will and Grace. How can you even say that you love this and you support this when you won't even let a transgender person go to the bathroom? Pee in the stall they next don't, to you. They don't want to go do anything to you. They just want to do their business. They're not here to harm you. They just really need to pee. And do you really think that it would be safe for them in the other bathroom? In a male right. or a men's bathroom? Do we really think that's the because, safe Because, I mean, no, because, you know, men just don't rape women and men, are men don't predators. rape men. Like, it's just how stupid is this this idea in your mind? And I like I like the fact that you're pointing out having a problem with like a a smaller section of a demographic and yet still consuming the larger culture for that demographic or even having a problem with that entire demographic and consuming their culture for it. Like this was something ironically me and my cousin were recently talking about because we are black, we are mixed and we are fair skin. Mm -hmm. And that puts us in an interesting space in, in black culture because we are lighter and Oftentimes that means that I do get treated better than people with darker yeah. skin than me, or I'm viewed as more beautiful, less aggressive. Like I'm less mm-hmm. likely to have the angry black woman stereotype. I still get it, but I'm less likely to get it <laughs> than a friend or a family member who's maybe a little bigger than me and a lot darker than me. Like they will get it immediately where people will just think I'm passionate. Like, and she and I were having this conversation about it and we were like, you know, the, one of the most hurtful and annoying parts about it is people who consume things from black culture and still hate on black culture. Like they see us, they turn us into the token. They turn us into the, you're the good version of black people. Mm -hmm. You're the version that we like. You're the version that we find acceptable. Mm -hmm. They being the ones who are darker than me are the problem, but I'm going to listen to 50 cent and I'm going to, it makes no sense. Get grills in the two thousands when that was a thing. And I'm like, and I'm going to don this fashion or I'm going to do cornrows in my hair and oh, call God. them boxer braids when that was a thing. And I'm like, um. Or <laughs> white people getting dreads. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but yeah, the point is, like, you don't get to disgrace the culture. You can't pick culture. and choose you can't. what you want to support and what you want to condemn. Right. That's my thing. I will cancel that. I'm full wholeheartedly will cancel that because I don't that. think that's fair. No. I, yeah, cherry picking what you accept is, is not accepting the whole person. You can't accept part of me without accepting all of me. Like me and my cousin were talking about, like we have stopped conversations with people and just gotten into legit arguments with people over them trying to make us out to be the good version of a black person and turned to them and been like, if you can't accept everyone in my space, you can't accept me. So don't look at me like I'm the good person or I'm the preferred version or you'll only be friends with black people who look like me and are as educated as I am. No, fuck all of that. Like It's just so stupid because it's just like we are not all cookie cutter shapes. Yeah. And it's just we're all 
we have our own ideas, we have our own beliefs, we have our own personalities, our styles, everything. And it's just like, no matter whether you are exactly the same color or shade of color, Mm -hmm. you're going to be different. Right. And that's what we're supposed to be. I have other mixed girls that are have the exact same thing as me they are totally different act different look they nothing are, like you they take the more quieter versions of of their asian side mm-hmm. or their more outgoing loud hispanic side like i don't know where i fall i mean <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know where you fall outspoken who knows but you are you and you are allowed I am to me, be damn you it. and it's just i don't know I'll never understand it, but yeah, here we are with cancel culture. Canceled them, so, and I'm on board with that kind of canceling. So, I mean, yeah. I guess what we're getting to is it has a place. We're on the line. We're over the line. It's just, yeah. It has a place. It just should be used with thought. I think jumping into canceling or not canceling someone, because also jumping into defending someone who is being canceled is, or something that is being canceled is probably also something you should take a step back from. Like regardless of your personal feelings, you should probably look into the information and be like, okay. You need to educate yourself. Everything should be done with information and with thought. You need to educate yourself because you can't just jump on a bandwagon. You can't cancel everything because then you're censoring. Yeah. Because then now you're on the other side of the problem. And you're just like, Oh, well, it's gone, so now it doesn't exist, and now we, we don't can have pretend, to talk about it. We can pretend that everything's okay, rather than taking a look at the Taking problem. a look at it, kind of breaking it down, saying, yes, this is problematic, and that's why with Gone with the Wind, it's just, I had to take a moment where it's like something that I really loved, and I loved the love story of it all, because I guess I did have the, those blinders mm-hmm. on of like, well, it's not really about slavery, but it was set in a time where there was slavery. Right. So I'm just going to watch it for the love story. Yeah. And it's just like, no, I can, I can sit down and be mature and know that from my from learning history, this was not accurate right. depiction of slavery. Right. This was not the type of relationships that slave owners and slaves had. Mm-hmm. But we can't throw this away because... We're never gonna learn from this. We're never gonna learn how to por- who ugh, how to accurately portray this time period in another movie. Right, and it's important to have that moment of like, this is what happens when a white male-led team is in control of this narrative. You get mm-hmm. this version of a bastardized, inaccurate history, and it's important, like you said, to have that space to reflect back and be like, this is why this was an inaccurate representation. This is how we need to move moving forward. And Mm -hmm. you can't completely lose all of the history of it. Yeah. And it's just like, I will still say that Scarlett O'Hara was a pretty big feminist icon because she got shit done in that movie. True. And it's just like, that was in a time where women weren't granted many rights. They weren't granted any freedoms. Mm -hmm. They had to have a man by their side to make decisions. And it's just like, that's, I guess that's where I I chose to focus on. Right. And it's just, I will still see her as a feminist icon. It's just, we, I will have to learn in other movies that I see that, you know, tell this narrative Mm -hmm. to see, is this like an accurate depiction and I think the point that you're getting to that's really good is you have to expand your lens like it's Mm -hmm. really easy to just dismiss something and be like I know this is a problem I don't want to look at the fact that this is a problem these are the good things about that movie so I'm gonna focus on the good things and it's just like what we discussed with to all the boys that I love right it's 
fucking problematic. There are problems. It's problem. It's toxic relationships. Like, will I still watch get, it? Yes. Yeah. It's like we have to grow. We have to take a step back and just analyze it and just be like, okay, this is not real. Right. This is not real life. Right. This is art. And being able to look at it from that wider lens of like, yeah, there are good things in it, but there's also bad things in it. And I can't sit here and say the good things are more important than the bad things. The good and the bad make it what it is. And I need to make sure I talk about both versions of what made this what it is. Yep. Yeah, especially with your with your canceling shitty apologies. I mean, people need to be held accountable. Goodbye. People need to be held accountable. And That's just the bottom line. Yeah. If you show no accountability, if you show no understanding of what you did, eh, cancel. Goodbye. I'll give other people chances. Oh, you know what? This should this is a good segue. We should talk about why we draw our line on certain things for canceling or not canceling things. Okay. Because clearly we think it can be useful and also can be really detrimental. So in order to make a good decision, number one, be informed. Do your own research, put your own thought into something and figure out how you feel. Don't follow the trend. Yes. But also listen to people who this affects because mm-hmm. just because you feel like this wasn't a bad thing, if this affects another community and they are speaking out saying this is a bad thing, you need to listen and you need to accept that this is how they feel. This is their reality and this is not just an emotion that you can push aside and be like, well, that's their problem. So number one, do your research, respect the opinion of the people who this actually affects. Moving forward from there, how do you decide if something should be canceled or not? I think there has to be some genuineness to it. Mm-hmm. To like, not cancel it, right? Well, no. Okay, so I'm going to use an example of like an apology. If there that, is no, because we're seeing a lot of that now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying some stupid shit mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, got to backtrack, got to take it back. How you make that apology, like you just said, it ha- for me, it has to be genuine. Yeah. I need to know that. One, you are accountable for what you said, what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, admit that you're wrong. Yeah. Admit that you made a mistake. I'm yeah. not going to cast stones on you. I'm not going to freaking nail you to the cross. But it's really important to admit that you are wrong. It's really important yes. to just say it. Because I will respect you as a person because I know I'm not perfect. I am far from it. I make mistakes. Right. I say things that may be stupid, probably. Shit, I don't know. Maybe said some stupid shit on this podcast. Who knows? Maybe in a year from now you'll come back and be like, that was dumb. Ooh, that was problem. (laughs) Good thing I grew. But it's just, yeah, you need to honor your mistakes because that's how you grow as a person. That's how um, you, I don't know, you just live a wholehearted life. Right. And it's just, I think that's the the main one is just being accountable and and owning your mistakes and and being genuine yeah yeah I think that's good I think that's great I think for me I would say my number one is saying that you made a mistake I think there's so much power in saying it and I think a lot of the issues that I'm seeing of individuals corporations all of that jazz is they're talking around something where Mm -hmm. they're like oh, we realized we did something problematic. I'm not going to say the problematic thing that I said. I'm just going to come out with a statement that contradicts a problematic thing that I said to show you that I've grown. I'm like, no, be accountable. Be be upfront about it and say, I said this, this was problematic. Don't turn yourself into a victim. Don't avoid the conversation. Say it. Actually come out and say it. Because I think that shows so much power in being like, 
no, I'm not just going to say I made a mistake. I'm going to say specifically, this is the mistake that I made. These were the words that I used that were inappropriate. And this is why I know this was inappropriate. And my number two thing is the potential for growth. I yeah. feel like if whatever happens, if it's an apology after something, if it's an organization showcasing their plan for change, whatever, if there is a show that there's the potential for growth, that there is the understanding that what was done before was not the best method and, and or was deeply problematic and we now know that we should grow from this and move forward into a different space, then I'm not going to cancel you if you yeah. show that you have that opportunity for growth. If there is no opportunity for growth, and this goes for like people's personal comments or even for something like we were discussing with art, like I'm not going to watch somebody do blackface. It was done. It is over. There is no room for growth there because we can't redo it. All we can do is talk about why this was a problem and why this was done in our history. And I'm sorry, but if you're doing blackface after the 50s or whatever time it was at, no room no, for growth. There, no room for growth. There, we already knew this was something you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> you already knew. That's the reason why I canceled Gucci. Like, they had like three years in a row where they came out with designs that were just very exploitative of black history and black people and using iconography from a previous time period that was made purposely to make a caricature out of black people. And they put it on shoes and put it on a dress. And I'm like, mm, canceled. No, because you're clearly not showing growth. You took something from a time period when we that we now know. That. Right, should have stopped there. We now know this is not something good to do. And you're like, hey. We cannot continue to do this. Throwing it on a sweater. No, 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 no. No, because you show a lack of growth. You show a lack of understanding and a lack of a willingness to grow. And I think that's also very important. Yeah. It. So however you showcase your growth, whether it's, through your understanding, through your willingness, through your planfulness, through whatever actions you are taking. Show me that. I'm not going to cancel you. Don't show that. You're on the chopping block. Like, you got to do something epic for me to be like, okay. Yeah. They're just, safe. Just like that tech guy that went on his racist rant at the, the restaurant. Yeah. His apology was shit. Yeah. And that's where it's like, cancel him. Goodbye. Cancel him immediately. Goodbye. Because one, he is a tech guy, which I'm pretty sure... Asian people help make his shit. Oh, yeah. And two, he lives in San Francisco, or his company's in San Francisco. That's a majority. There's a high population of Asian people in San Francisco. I'm like, bro, San Francisco is so diverse. You, and mm -mm. three, he said, I'm sorry that I lost control. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? What? No, I'm sorry that I made I was really racist, racist comments. He said, you, you Asian piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Trump is gonna fuck you. How huh. did? How is that losing control? Huh. You lose control of a bike by going a little bit too fast. That's not losing control. That's saying something that you meant to say and getting caught on camera. There's yeah. a difference. So yeah, canceled. it's just yeah. Because he shows a lack of understanding and an unwillingness to grow. Mm -hmm. So goodbye. Yeah, I know we were kind of like all over the place. We're like, cancel, not cancel, cancel. Mm -hmm. So sorry, guys. Thanks for keeping up with us if you made sense of any of it. And I feel like... I hope you did. Yes. And being all over the place happens when you're trying to cancel someone because you got to go back and forth with your facts about something. Like, should yeah. I, should I not? But, you know, educate yourself. I, I number would say one. that's number one thing. Most important thing. Alrighty. Go for it. This has been a lengthy... Oh, yeah, we have been kind of... A lengthy one. So we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. We're going to get this done. 
We are on to our next segment, which is Wifey Wisdoms. Yep. In this segment, we individually introduce an inspiring quote, life advice, or food for thought. Yep. You want me to go first? Sure. Looks like you're staring at me very expectantly. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, this quote is from Harry Potter. <laughs> Two comments about Harry she Potter. She loves this shit. I am obsessed. I love Harry Potter so, so much. Now... Comment number two about Harry Potter, I fully recognize that Miss J.K. Rowling made an incredibly transphobic comment on her Twitter recently that I do not stand by, and it was completely yes. inappropriate and wrong, and I love the cast of the movies for coming out and being like, mm, no. Yeah, we do not side with her. <laughs> we stand with our trans brothers and sisters, and this is not, not a thing to be said. That being said, the problematic things that this woman has said post-writing Harry Potter. But this is perfect, though. This is perfect. This is someone... I can look at her and say she needs to grow as an individual. Yes. I can look at the art that she produced and say there are so many gems in, in this written word that help inspire many generations and many people to do good and be a good person in the world. So this is me separating the author from the art that she has produced knowing that the author made incredibly inappropriate comments that I do not stand by. But the art that she produced inspires so much potential and so much growth through through all of the words that she said in her books. So this particular quote is from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, which is book number six for anyone who does not know. Yep, nerd. Me. Uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> so the quote says, Dumbledore says people find it far easier to forgive others for being wrong than for being right. And I feel like that's super appropriate for our comment about cancel culture because I agree it's it's oftentimes a lot easier to forgive someone when they've done something wrong than it is to forgive the person who called you out for being wrong when they were right. Because that means you have to go to them and say I was wrong. And I hope you forgive me for what you did. It's so much easier to hold a grudge against someone when they were right and you realize that they were right. So I think it's, and I think it's an important pill that we all have to swallow sometimes where sometimes you have to forgive someone for being right when you were the problem, when you were the one who was being combative and saying something inappropriate or insensitive. So if that ever happens to you and you are the person who is brought with information that says, hey, you were insensitive at this time or you said something inappropriate at this time. It's not your place to cancel the person who's saying that to you. It's your place to sit and listen and extend that apology to the person for mm -hmm. what you did rather than being angry with them for being right about a situation. Beautifully said. Thank you. So thank you, Dumbledore. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's who said it. That's who. That's where it's from. It's Dumbledore. <laughs> All right. So mine is a quote from Pinterest. Again, no, no author. Sign your quotes. God damn it. <laughs> It's going to be the soapbox I die on. Anyway, so it says, just because you did something wrong in the past doesn't mean you can't advocate against it now. It doesn't make you a hypocrite. You grew. Don't let people use your past to invalidate your current mindset. Growth. A concept. Embrace it. And it's just, it, I mean, this quote is kind of everything that we discussed yeah, previously. It's pretty much. just we need to keep growing yeah and it's just we need to keep moving forward we need to evolve and i don't know it's just counts this cancer i know oh my gosh cancel. i know i'm on your brain constantly I know. 
<laughs> Cancer gang, it's our season. <laughs> Cancel culture. It's just... It can be problematic, mm-hmm. but it isn't. Mm-hmm. It just depends on which side of the coin you're looking at. Well, and I think to that the point of your quote, I think making growth the standard rather than canceling the standard mm-hmm. would be a good way of looking at it where it's like, if what you're doing is growth, then I'm not going to cancel you. If what you're doing isn't, then we have now transferred over into canceled territory and this is where we're at. Yeah. And it's just, it takes a, it takes a lot of vulnerability to admit that you're wrong. Yeah. Or that you had views or ideas or artwork or anything that is is a problem Mm -hmm. or it can be offensive Mm -hmm. and it's just you know being able to own that and be like you know what yeah you're absolutely right I'm gonna give you guys a voice for the people that are upset by this right and I'm going to take a step back and I'm gonna reevaluate and I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna make sure that I'm not gonna make the same mistake I'm gonna try really hard not to hurt people that I care about communities that I care about cultures that I care about so yeah it's a hard stuff but it's worth it yep Vulnerability sucks, Mm -hmm. but it's necessary. Completely. It's part of being human. We get things wrong, and we have to be vulnerable enough to say, I got it wrong, and I want to grow from this, and I want to move forward with my life. Yep. we got to embrace it, like it says. Embrace that growth. It hurts. Embrace it. I think we're good for the evening. So, um, plug in our thing. Yeah. So, follow us on our socials. On Instagram, we are on Wednesdays, we drink podcast. On Twitter, we are OWWD podcast. Also, like and subscribe on our uh, podcast listening platforms, whatever you've got. If you have an option to rate on whatever platform you're on, I know Apple does. So, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Give us a rating. Um, I'm not going to tell you to give us five stars. I'm going to be really sad if you don't give us five stars. So <laughs> it makes the best choice. Um, but, yeah, we'd love that. Give us a rating. Drop a comment. Um, drop a comment on our Facebook. I mean, Facebook. Why do I keep doing this? We don't have a Facebook. No. No. Wash the brain out. Drop a comment on the Instagram. <laughs> or tweet us. Yes. Loves it. Um, and that's all I got for you guys tonight. So here we go. Alrighty, guys. So remember to keep it wicked. And seize the day by the couple. Bye, love. Bye, love.